This is the Hot Take Hockey Podcast with your hosts, Lucas and John Viveros. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hot Take Hockey Podcast, episode 31. Lucas, myself, John, and we've got a couple guests for this one. We're going to pack it up. We're going into the playoffs, so we got to get more opinions going, more, uh, I would say, different takes. Uh, Lucas, man, we're down to the final stretch of games here. I feel like the most a team has left, I think it's seven or eight games left, something like that. So um yeah what are you how are you feeling bro like we're getting there we're a couple of weeks I'm away feeling, i'm feeling good johnny i mean two we weeks today have, two weeks playoffs. today is playoffs yeah. that's right the 17th looking forward to it um you know all of the matchups are still kind of tbd we don't really know with the exception of leafs lightning yeah. everything yeah. else is still up in the air so uh looking forward to see what happens down the stretch i know there's a handful of teams in action tonight uh on monday uh monday obviously we're recording here on the third uh, with some teams that can clinch. Uh, Minnesota, Dallas, I know are in the mix for clinching tonight, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, but other than that, this was not planned. Johnny and I both rocking the Jays. Yeah. Obviously, Major League <laughs> Baseball started last week, so it's an exciting time, man. When playoffs roll around for hockey, baseball starts coming. You know the spring, springtime's going, and, and summer's just around the corner, man. So I, I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to roll. Yeah, I, I think what you just said is like, this is, yeah, this is probably one of my favorite times of the year, just in general for sports. I mean, I think we were just joking around, like on Sunday, we had a Raptors game. Uh, I think it was like one, we had the Blue Jays game at two and then the Leafs game at seven. So it's like, this is like for any sports fan, especially if you have like a team in hockey, baseball, basketball, like you're buzzing right now. Uh, yeah, man, honestly, considering Toronto Tampa matchups, like already locked in, whatever I'm, I'm kind of like, I feel like that was the matchup that can get locked in already. We knew about it like months ago, but man, I think we, I don't want to jinx it and I, things to change like a couple days from now, but man, we got what we wanted, Lucas, like both conferences right now, we have a three or four team race and that's all I wanted. I didn't want it. Like, I didn't care for it to be this big thing, but at least for one or two teams on each side to be pushing, to make things interesting towards the end. Um, just before we bring other people in for predictions and thoughts, like just for yourself, like how are you feeling on these like situations right now? Wildcard spots. Thank God, man. Like, thank yeah. God it's, it's, it's a race, right? I mean, last year I know it was, it was oh, wrapped the East, up pretty was quick in the East, right? Like in the East, it was, it was done by, it felt like the deadline. It was, we already yeah. knew who the eight teams were. Um, we're sitting here today and there's two teams in those wild cards being the Islanders and the Penguins. And they've been there for a while, but Florida is right there to take it. And even Buffalo still got an outside shot if they can win those games in hand. Right. So yeah. uh, in the East it's, it's looking competitive. And in the West, they also got the two teams there with Calgary and Nashville knocking at the door and, and Winnipeg just allowing Calgary yeah. to just get back <laughs> in it. Winnipeg could have deaded this like weeks yeah. ago and they've made it interesting. Man, at one point um, they were top of the central. Yeah, like, it's man. crazy. <laughs> and I had him in missed playoffs, and I felt yeah. like an idiot halfway through the year. Nah, and now bro, I'm you're like, chilling with your take. You're chilling it with might your take. Be hot, but, but then again, I had flames in. So if, if those two teams can flop, I'm feeling pretty nice. But uh, So for for that, I'm still going to take Calgary. Just, just off the rip, I still want to go with Calgary. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just great to see overall that the league has, obviously, the parity that it has, but that there's teams uh, right there to make the playoffs in the last couple weeks. It's going to go right down to the wire with some big – big head-to-head games with some of these teams. Yeah, and I think with what, what you said about, like, Winnipeg, like, people need to understand, like, especially if you're, like, a casual that doesn't, and, and that's no shot at anyone, but if you're not following the league day-to-day, like, you'd probably look at the storylines on Twitter or look at just the conversations. Like, the Flames have been, I don't want to say a joke, but, like, the Flames have been a mess, like, for most of the season. And, like, there's been Flames fans on Twitter, like, Daryl Sutter get fired or, like, different guys, like, getting criticized heavily like a Johnny Huberto or go down the list. 
And they're still right there. And I think that's the crazy part because that was like once upon a time, a few months ago, that was Vancouver. They were like, they were still in that conversation. And then obviously they just went through the stretch, but Calgary, I, I just don't get it. And like, again, last, I don't know if it was last night or the night before they're losing to the ducks. Like the fact that they squeezed out that win, Lucas, like, I think that one point they were down by two goals. They somehow beat the ducks five, four, like just these certain games where it's like, you shouldn't be like, it shouldn't be that hard to beat the yeah. Anaheim ducks at this yeah. point in the season with your playoff lives on the line. You shouldn't be beating the Anaheim Ducks by one goal. It just shouldn't be happening. Like it should be. Yeah, and and the Ducks are a yeah. bottom three team in hockey. I mean, yeah. I went to bed last night with Calgary losing that game, and I was like, "Are we really? Am I going to wake <laughs> up with Calgary four points out and they're pretty much done?" Yeah. Um. And and they battled back. So kudos to them for that. But it shouldn't yeah, be that hard. It shouldn't yeah. be that hard. It should not. It shouldn't be a one goal win over Anaheim with your playoff live on the line. Like no. So that's where I think, yeah, the conversation will continue here as we get closer to the playoffs. And I mean, hey, maybe the Flames still miss, but I think that's like that one was probably the most like complicated conversation or complicated storyline because realistically, if you just ignore the standings and look at everything and all the noise around Calgary, you would think they're right next to Vancouver in the standings. So uh, yeah, with uh, all the with all the bad press they've got, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So that's been a really interesting storyline. And, and to be honest, this is no shot against jets or, or cracking at all i think just for the storylines to continue i want the flames to make it man like and there's for a chance and I, hey this is not like out of the realm of possibility there's still a scenario and i was looking at it a likely scenario that if calgary can get in lucas and edmonton keeps doing what they're doing here there's a chance you never know flames get into a wild card spot oilers get into the top of the division <laughs> we're getting a rematch oh. there <laughs> I, I honestly hadn't been keeping an eye on that, but you're bang on with that. I know you picked, I'm pretty sure on our last epi, you had Edmonton finishing first. Yep. You had Edmonton and that looks, that take looks unreal right now, man. It's, I was looking, it's looking good. It's looking, Johnny, I mean, all three of them are like yeah. a point, two points apart between Vegas, LA, and Edmonton in the Pacific. So it's all jump ball right now, but like it's looking good for Edmonton because I know we talked about it on the last pod that the yeah. other two have really tough schedules. Yeah. So if, if Edmonton can get into that first spot, you're right. There's a battle of Alberta that could potentially be on the or line. Or even, even, even if we saw like Edmonton versus Winnipeg, that's a crazy yeah. Canadian can, matchup first round. Like that would be nuts. That would be wild, man. And you know what? I do want to say that whoever wins the Pacific, I feel like is going to be the heavy favorite against yeah. whatever, whatever wildcard team they come up against. But on the flip side in the central, if it's Minnesota or Dallas that win that division, they're a favorite over, you know, the wildcard team. Oh, 100%. I'm not, I'm not, 100%. But, I'm not, but I'm not sold that they're going to bag that series. It's in it's in the books. Like, I could see Seattle or Winnipeg uh, or Calgary giving Minnesota and Dallas a fit and it being yeah. a, a long series. Uh, so so that's awesome to see, too. I mean, Minnesota did just – sorry, I was just going to say, Minnesota yeah. just played Seattle and they handled them well. But, I mean, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I think, like, that would be a series. But, yeah, go on Colorado. But but especially – no, but especially Winnipeg, I feel like, with Hellebuck, just that oh, that, bu that bullet they have in the chamber of, of that goaltender. It's just like no matter who they play, if they were to play, play a team in the Central, they can just make it interesting. It's it's what we talk about when, you know, Montreal and Carey Price was in his prime and, and Henrik Lundqvist was in his prime. Like, having that goaltender, um, you, you can never write the team 100%. off. 100%. So, hey, well, I just yeah. – I, I casually mentioned Vancouver in there. Once upon a time, we saw Demko do it a couple times, and we've seen, like – I mean, that's why I think some people – and I know – I was actually just watching a clip that uh, Biz just ripping on the Islanders. And I'm yeah. like, hey, you can rip on the Islanders all you want. But I'm not taking too many goalies over Ilya Sorokin right now. I'm truly not, right? 
And no. that's why, like, if you're if you're dogging on the Islanders or laughing at the Islanders in the series, like, I'm sorry, unless it's the Bruins, maybe, uh, like, you got to stop. Because if the – like, I'm serious, Lucas. I'm seeing people online that are, like, taking Carolina in four over the Islanders. I'm like, you guys have not learned yet. Like, you just haven't no. learned. And you haven't watched – I mean, frankly, you haven't watched Freddie Anderson in enough playoff series. So, like, like who's well, – that's a different conversation. Uh, we have our guests coming on in a second here. But just to, to cap off this conversation – yeah. Um, there's a lot of like interesting storylines here, Lucas, as like the playoff uh, matchups materialize here. That just storyline after storyline. Like even I was gonna say, like okay, say it's not Edmonton. Once upon a time, Vegas in their expansion year when they went on the run, they played Winnipeg, right? And that was mm-hmm. a, and that was like a crazy storyline because it was like again the way that Vegas went on in that in that like I would say that path. I mean, we were about to see a Canadian team like Winnipeg in the cup final, right? So yep. I think that's where I go back to that. I'm like, wow, oh, so many people had Winnipeg in that series, like so many. And uh, Vegas, uh, yeah, Vegas had their number. And obviously Jack Eichel in his first playoff appearance. Like, I cannot believe we're saying that. Like Jack Eichel, the second overall pick behind McDavid is finally getting a playoff experience. Like, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, John, I, th- I feel like you can rip apart just like, 16, 17, 18 of these teams. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to get down to a final 16, but uh, and go through them. And, and there's just an interesting, unique angle on each of them on on why it would be so important for that market to to go far. And and so that is just good for for hockey, for the league, for these fan bases. That you know, it doesn't matter what team you're looking at. If you're looking at the Rangers, just a huge market. And obviously, we saw them get all the way to the conference finals last year and generate that buzz. Boston with this historic season. Yeah. You know, Tampa going back to a fourth cup cup uh, final. Uh, they're just all of it. Even in the West, you got Vegas uh, now rejuvenated on like with a bit of a new team from their first time going to the final. I mean, like I said, you can just go through them all. Edmonton and McDavid going for his cup. Yeah. It's just it's just an exciting time. I feel like it's an exciting time with all these teams. Uh, we're about to bring on Greg uh, from Daily Intermission. But I do want to just quickly say, Lucas, on what you just said, and I think we're included in this. I think truly – People, one, take for granted what we're seeing with McDavid and Drysdale, specifically McDavid, obviously. But two, I think people also forget that the Oilers got deeper. And while goaltending are still a question mark with the Oilers, they're definitely better. Like, I'm looking at Campbell and obviously his struggles. I still am taking Campbell's ceiling over what they had before. Mm -hmm. And Stuart Skinner's look good. So the fact that their defense has improved greatly, they've gotten deeper up front. And McDavid's doing what he's doing this year on top of what we've already seen from him. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I think we've taken it for granted. And that's why I will not sleep on the Oilers in any series. Maybe Oilers fans are going to eat that up too much, but I, I just want to put that out there too. <laughs> yeah, and and me and you might have to have a talk at some point. If, if Edmonton, if it stays the way it is right now and Edmonton plays L.A., I think me and you might have to look at putting oh. a little friendly little wager down because you know how hot I am on LA and I'm like loving LA and how they're looking with Corpus Allo right now. Yeah. And that goes for a few matchups where it's like, you don't like, I look at LA and how they're producing their team overall and being such an overall team. It's like, you don't want to knock a team like that out, but when you're playing Connor McDavid, it's, it's, it's like any sport. It's like LeBron James. It's like, it's like any big star. It's like Steph Curry in the West. It's like, you don't want to bet against those guys. And then you're just going to look like a dummy, right? It's like, yep, that's yep. why, that's why for you, Lucas, if, and, and, I, and I won't blame you, man, because I actually, I'm with you on LA, but it's like, if, and I've, I've had it happen to me before. Like if you make a strong take against like a star player and that star player goes off, it's like, you, you just got to soak it at that point. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I will soak it if it ends up happening. But, uh, <laughs> and listen, I, I think it, 
if those two teams specifically were to play, I think it's going to be a battle, just like it was when they played. Was that last year or the year before when Edmonton and LA matched up? Yeah, last uh, year. Yeah, last year, last year, and it was a deep, you know, deep series. It took to Game Seven, McDavid. That, that, that's what they talked about. I don't know if it was yeah. TNT or who talked about it, but that, that's what they talked about. Like that's what the series is going to be, and the difference maker ends up being Connor McDavid in a Game Seven, and that's why, yeah, Lucas. I know we've talked about Austin Matthews and we've talked about certain star players in the league. But, like, McDavid does that, like, almost every time. Like, if he's yeah. put in that spot, sure, sometimes if he's outmatched and just loses, like, a game six, but if he's in the spot of a game seven, you just know he's going to turn it on and do whatever he can. Yeah, and that makes me, you know, I'm going to be watching that. Whatever series Edmonton's in is yeah. probably going to be another one that I'm circling every night to watch. Um, 100%. Just, just to see the the value that he brings with Dreisaitl and that whole team. But but most notably, McDavid. Like you said, I think people are taking it for granted um, and and not really understanding the magnitude of this this guy, uh, you know the the season he's having. He's he's on pace for sixty five goals. You know he's going to push close to seventy. He's one hundred fifty points are in the bag already. He needs it's four insane. more points for that. It's crazy, man. I never honestly, yeah. Before McDavid, I never thought like Gretzky's numbers and what he did. Like yeah, like you're seeing like that level. Like Gretzky was way above his time. Like. McDavid's above his time. Like probably in 20, 30 years from now, we'll see guys like start touching that surface, but it's like yep. it, McDavid's way above his time right now. So it's crazy. Um, yeah. Let's bring on Greg from the daily intermission. We'll talk some sports. Yeah. Just overall, like so much is happening. I, I know Lucas, we can, we can touch on blue Jays a little bit, but it's like um, such a like ex- insane opening day. And then they lost a couple, but Greg man from daily intermission, what a legendary uh, brand channel. You built something really cool. Thanks for coming on the pod, man. Man, it's my pleasure. How are you guys doing today? I'm sorry about, uh, you know, being a little late. My tardiness, uh, you know, I the time gets away from you some days. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I forgot the boys are going right now. So, listen, I love the Jays hats. What a what a time of year it is let's right go. now. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, do it. Let's do it. Thanks yeah, for coming no, on, man. Cool. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. No worries. We know how it goes. Like, both of our schedules are pretty hectic, so we always got to coordinate uh, heavy with that. But, yeah, we were just kind of shooting the shit on, like, so much happening. Like if you're a sports fan, especially like specifically hockey, baseball, basketball, like this is the time to tune in. So like for you right now, like what are you tuning into the most right now? And obviously I, we've seen your content quite a bit. I know uh, you kind of go all over the place, but like, what are you tuning into these days? Yeah. I mean, I, I try to keep up with it all. I, it's uh it's a full schedule for sure. I mean, even, you know, just outside of the NBA and NHL playoffs coming up and obviously baseball, you know, getting things going, rocking and rolling now. I mean, the NFL free agency has been pretty crazy. The Lamar yeah. Jackson, Aaron Rodgers news is yep. taking a lot of oxygen as well. And we've got the UFC 287 this week with uh, Adesanya and Pereira going at it. The Masters. Big matchup, cheese. The national championship game in NCAA basketball. I mean, if you're a sports fan, it's hard to argue that this isn't one of the best times of year right now for sure, boys. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And uh, yeah, so as I said, been following your content. Make sure you guys go check out Daily Intermission, TikTok, uh, YouTube. Where else Like, are you doing stuff right now? Like what platforms? Like podcasts as yeah. well, of course. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, we grind away to podcast. Uh, I mean, I find YouTube, like, I mean, TikTok, obviously, that's kind of where I found the most success, the most growth. Um, but it's challenging. I mean, once you kind of figure out the short term content or you get some sort of segments that people are attracted to, it's challenging. I find YouTube, uh, you know, it's a tough platform, but uh, Instagram as well. I mean, you try to you try to grow on all of them. And, um, you know, strategically, I think most of my focus goes to TikTok and clipping up the podcast and, you know, talking about different news uh, around the sports world. But uh, and obviously the guest, the athlete segment is sort of, you know, what I've known for. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, if you're not trying to grow, uh, you know, through the social, um, you know, lens in its holistic, uh, sense, I think that you're, you're not doing it right. So, I mean, my Twitter game is weak. My Instagram's weak. My TikTok game is, I would (laughs) consider weak. So I'm always trying to get better and trying to figure out what trends people are doing, but as you know, consuming sports and and talking about it and and making content, it's, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough gig. It's a red ocean. There's a lot of big sharks. So yeah, one day at a time here and, and just, uh, you know, just trying to, uh, Trying to make a name one day at a time, I guess. Yeah. Your YouTube shorts too are pumping. You got to give yourself some credit there. I've seen those. Yeah, absolutely. Come on, come I, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're <laughs> right. so, I mean, it's, uh, it's tough, man. It's, it's tough. It's, you know, I, I feel as if, you know, I'm 28 and I feel like it's kind of a, it's more of a challenge, I think for, for us. I mean, I, I didn't grow up with, uh, with, with social media. Like, I think I got Instagram, yeah. like when I was in my second year of my undergrad, like, it's uh, it doesn't really come second nature. Like, you know, I, and I'm not making excuses, but I feel as if it's more of a process to learn and figure out how to uh, captivate an audience at the age I am now. Then I look back at, you know, some of the kids and up and coming. And I find too, a lot of the things that do well on TikTok and Instagram aren't really that compelling. I mean, you know, if there's a very attractive girl and she's dancing to a song, well, you know, she's pretty set. Like she's going to have a big following and be successful. You know, like it's uh, it's tough for the everyday sports fan, but you know what? It's a good grind. It's a fun grind and I'm really enjoying it. But yeah, building the daily intermission brand, talking sports, following sports. It's uh, it's what I'm doing right now. And and uh, yeah, it's taken up a lot of my days and and uh, I'm enjoying it one day at a time. I saw one of your shorts and it had uh, sort of a, 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 a stance on fighting and fighting in the sport of hockey. And and I loved it. Right, man. I, I'm, I'm all on your side, not just trying to take it. I'm serious. I think it's, it should be, you know, here to stay in the game. Do I think that's what the outcome is going to be? Probably not over time. I think it's going to fade out. And that's unfortunate because I think that hockey being the physical sport that it is, it's always been ingrained in the game. Yeah. And, and I was watching actually the blues Bruins game yesterday and, you know, just, them highlighting Brad Marchand and Jordan Biddington and these personalities that are very, you know, sort of the evil villains of the league that really get eyeballs looking at them. You know, that's, that's a part of the game that I really love and uh, showing the personality in these players. So just wanted to get your take on uh, if you could bring that on here and explain to our fans, just like what your thoughts are on fighting and and all that and, and where the game is going in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so when we look at kind of the feeder leagues in the National Hockey League with the CHL and the NCAA, and we know that the NCAA, there's no fighting. They were full cages. Uh, and the QMJHL, one of the three segments of the CHL announced a couple of weeks ago that they'll be, in quotations, banning fighting. I don't think that uh, you can fully ban fighting. There'll be a harsher consequence if you decide to drop the gloves, whatever that is, a one-game, three-game suspension yeah. moving forward. Um, but I'm totally against it. Um, I do think that there is a place for fighting in hockey. And I'll give you the example. I talked about this earlier on my podcast, not to plug myself, but you know, plug it, have, bro. Plug you. If, do it. <laughs> if we have if we have the Tampa Bay Lightning taking on the Minnesota Wild and Corey Perry goes out there and cross-checks Kirill Kaprizov from behind and there's no fighting, well, he's he's gonna go out and probably continue to grease guys. But if he does it in today's NHL, well, you probably got to answer to the bell against Ryan Reeves or a guy like Marcus Foligno. It kind of gives a way to, um, you know, police itself. You know, you can't go out there and do whatever you want. There's consequences for being a complete dirtbag and you've got to, you know, stand up for yourself and there's some unwritten rules in hockey. And, and again, not every, not every player can be a Connor Bedard and a Connor McDavid, you know, people carve their ways into nice NHL careers from playing on the third and fourth lines, being a tough guy, standing up for their teammates. And we've all been in hockey dressing rooms. I mean, it's uh, it's just a role, and and I'll be sad to see it go. I, you know, in my day and age, and and uh, you know, I feel as if it's a dying breed. But you know, those guys come. It, it, it's 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 
more in the playoffs, uh, you know, they're, they're high value. I mean, it, it's tough to go out on the ice against a guy that you're completely afraid to play against. I mean, there is that, uh, that fear of playing against those tough guys. I, uh, I don't want to see it go. I think there is a place for fighting in the game, but, but like you said, I think that we're heading in the direction where there's going to be harsher penalties uh, for fighting in the, in the near future in the national hockey league. Yeah, completely agree. I was also going to add, like, I feel like there's just a balance, like obviously looking back, like at the Scott Stevens, like level hits and like that complete, just full out head contact. Like, obviously we've gotten to a point where more knowledge on like brain, like brain injuries and concussions and all that. So yeah, like I feel like there's just got to be a balance because like you'll have your fans that are just like rock them, sock them, like who cares, take his head off. And then you'll have the other fans that just want to eliminate it in general. So no, I'm with you. Like if you're getting a slash to the back of Austin Matthews or a slash to the back of Connor Bedard, like you got to get a guy stepping in there to at least say something. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be like, uh, like, yeah, as you talked about there's gotta be some repercussions to those actions. Um, I was also going to ask you, like, do you feel like that's like the big, like in the direction of hockey and growing the sport? And I feel like Lucas, we've talked about it so much, like NBA separating itself and like NFL. Do you feel like that's the one thing that separates hockey from the bunch is like the fighting in that aspect? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a huge value proposition for attracting new audiences. I mean, we look at the fastest growing sport right now on the planet is the ultimate fighting championship. I mean, it's there's something about violence and there's something about toughness and and just it, it, it's captivating to audiences. And, and obviously, I know that there is danger involved in that. But we look across all sports. And are you kidding me? Like in the NBA, they're jumping into 10 foot nets and they're coming down <laughs> and it's just massive human beings running around on the court. We look at the NFL. I mean, you're putting your life in danger on every single play. I mean, sports are dangerous. That's, that's just the reality of it. I mean, and yeah, it, it's, I think that, you know, for people who aren't hockey fans, I think that that might be a draw to even go to a game, the, the opportunity or the, the chance that there might be a fight. That's a reason to get a, a butt in a seat. So uh, I, I think it is a value proposition for the game and for people who aren't hockey fans and, and just even for hockey fans. And and we kind of, you kind of, I think, you know, when I watch an NHL game, you know, as you kind of get the feel of a brand of a hockey game and, you know, as you can kind of feel the emotion of the game, you can kind of feel a fight coming on. You can kind of yeah. see the scrums coming and there might be a greasy play. That to me is exciting. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, there'll always be a place for fighting in hockey. And even if they decide to, you know, hammer down uh, the um, the consequences and, and the suspensions for fighting, they'll always be fighting. Uh, they yeah. won't be able to to eliminate it in its entirety. Yeah, it, it'll always, like, get to some point. Like, Because, like, if there's a scrum and – I mean, my thing is I feel like they're sending a message to linesmen and, like, the officials to, like, separate it quicker. Like, Greg, we were so pissed that we didn't get the flurry binner fight. Like, we were so pissed. The fact that they separated that fight, I, I still am mad about it today. Think about the content. Think about yeah, the shorts, exactly. the, shorts, the TikToks. Think about the eyeballs that would have watched that. We're talking about millions. Millions, millions, 100%. About Twitter blowing up. And the linesman decides to break it up. I mean, we heard Biz Nasty rattled about it uh online so yeah just a horrible decision by that linesman you've got to let those guys go especially to the the the, the antics that we've watched Jordan oh, Pennington, yeah. uh you know portray in the last few years i mean that guy's dying for a fight and maybe one of the best characters in the national hockey league one of like he's a golden boy in regard to goalies and against flurry man it would, it would have been an all-timer 100 percent. yeah um yeah so i I just, I, I like where your head's at, Greg. Cause like we're, we've been like Lucas, we've been freaking getting at this conversation for a few weeks now. Absolutely, man. I mean, you guys, you guys said it best. And also flurry being like the good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Benner being the evil guy. It was yeah. just the clash that 
all fans would have loved to see it. It would have brought so many other people in, in into the game. I totally agree. I think there's that balance that we talked about in this conversation with like, you want to protect the stars and, and that's where, you know, the pro fighting stance comes from is that, you know, what's most valuable to the national hockey league. It's Connor McDavid. It's Austin Matthews. It's David Pasternak. It's the big stars. And if they're being targeted, especially in, in the heat of battle of emotional games like the playoffs, you need to have guys that role players that come in and, and protect them and defend them. So uh, yeah, great conversation. I totally agree that you can't really hand it all together, which is positive for us being all pro fighting. Uh, but I feel like as the years go by, it's going to, it's going to get, I mean, even in the last 10 years, we've seen it slowly declining in terms of the amount of fights per game per season and all that so and i was also gonna say i think it's also better that we get guys like i mean like them or not but like guys that can actually play so you outlined it like a felino or a tom wilson like guys that can drop the mitts but also like put the puck in the back of the net like we're past the days of like colton orr and fraser mclaren and george peros and guys that were just out there to step over the boards for like 30 seconds that's it and then go to the box for five um but yeah like i the skill obviously the skill gap is there now but um, yeah, I like, I like the direction of that, but I hope they don't eliminate it. Uh, Greg, we talk a lot about content creation. I know you kind of touched on it and I, I know you mentioned it, guess the athlete, uh, just in terms of your content, I know you lost your partner too. Uh, how is that like, because content it's so, yeah, like you have to be consistent. Like you drop it for a minute and then all of a sudden you're losing, whether it's following or consistency algorithms, a huge thing. So like, how is it obviously losing a, a partner that you were doing? it with consistently and just kind of keeping it going in terms of your own brand. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's always been a goal of mine to get into sports. And so like, how do you, how do you break through? And it's not like everybody can go drop a resume off at TSN and be like, okay, I'm in the door. Here's a sports career. So, you know, how do you carve yourself, uh, you know, a career in that? And so I wanted to start a podcast and, and obviously, you know, uh, uh, Nate and I, started the podcast obviously he left and and uh you know when you build a following you know and and I, you know i look at that and i'm like well that's you know that's a half decent following so you know i had to keep it going i mean it's something that i love to do it's you know it comes so second nature to me to to follow sports and to to be involved in that but in terms of content creation i feel as if that is the that's the hardest part it's it how do you be creative it's not like you know i consider myself a pretty hard worker like it's not like you can just say, okay, I'm going to sit down for 12 hours and I'm going to be the most creative person on the planet. It doesn't work that way. You know, it doesn't like things and groundbreaking segments or ideas or things that, that people are going to like are going to be successful on social platforms, which I think to me, it's, it's what keeps me up at night. It's so stressful. It's so hard, uh, but it's, it's a good grind. And, and the other thing that the other challenging thing with the algorithm is that the algorithm, it, it, it rewards successful posts in consistent order so if you can have a post that does a million views and then follow it up with another post that does a million views and then follow it up with another view uh post yeah. that does six hundred thousand views boom traction 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 yeah. traction you've got to go streaking but how do you go streaking if you are doing trial and error on different segments okay the fans didn't like that i can't do that so it's this constant battle of putting out things that you know people are going to like but then trying to kind of sneak in something that you know maybe I, I, that looks like good content to me may not do well. And then you kind of, you know, you're screwed yourself in the algorithm. So it's such a tough beast. It's such a challenging beast, but, but that's why you get up every day. And especially for me following all of these different sports, you know, how do I, you know, how do I really captivate the audience? You know, I'm a big, you know, UFC, I love golf. I love hockey, NBA, NFL. How do I, how do I, you know, devote my time into trying to make content that people are going to like in those different sports? It's that's the, that's the, uh, that's the battle of it. 
Yeah. And then you got to set aside the time as well to just consume the sport and, and yeah. love it for what it is. Right. And that's, exactly. that's also that other part and, and making that delicate balance of carving out the time for content creation, which, you know, something, some ideas can come like this, I imagine. And then others, you know, it can take hours, days, weeks. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's always a constant grind. Like you said. Yeah. It's kind of like that four-step process. Like you sit down, okay, what am I going to brainstorm? What, what, what different types of topics are going to be captivating for the audience or what can I make content out of? And then you sit down and you film it. And then you sit down and you edit it, which I, I is, is challenging again. I'm not a very good editor, but, and then, and then you post it and then, you know, what, yeah. what hashtags are going to work? You know, which platform should I post this on? Is this some things do better on Instagram and some things do better on TikTok? Some things are better for YouTube shorts. So it's the balance of things, but you know, if, if, if it was going to be easy, everybody would have 3 million followers and be laughing and, and uh, you know, be, you know, on the uh, BFF podcast with Dave Portnoy or on the Joe <laughs> Rogan show. Like it's, yep. it's, it's not easy. So that, but it's, it's, uh, it, it's certainly an unconventional way to, 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 to have fun and, and to, uh, you know, spend some uh, years of your life grinding away at. Yeah. It's, I think that's the biggest word consistency and yeah, definitely hard work. Cause it's, I think a lot of people, it's like anything in sports broadcasting or whatever. It's like people just see the product and not what's happening behind the scenes. And then just, Obviously, they, no, like unless you do it, you don't understand what goes into it. It's, it's definitely a, like very, very um, like day to day and very all over the place. There's no schedule with it. It's all over the place. And I'm sure you know that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. But I've been enjoying it, guys. I really have. Um, oh, we it, love the content, man. Keep keep her going. I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah. Before before you hop off, we want to we want to get your maybe, maybe some playoff predictions for the NHL, but maybe you're, do you have an overall like cup pick right now? Like how, how is your feeling going with the, uh, the NHL playoffs coming up here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will preface this kind of segment by saying I, I'm a lifetime Bruins fan. Uh, my grandparents are from Boston. I've got family that lives in there Southern Maine. So I live in Nova Scotia, which is the our closest sports city is Boston. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I, I, I like to temper the, the Bruins fans expectations because there's only been one president's cup trophy winner in the last 15 years to win the Stanley cup. It's there's teams have stacked up. The Eastern conference is an absolute gauntlet. I put a future before the season at plus 900 on the Edmonton Oilers. I'm going to stick to my bet. Wow. I think Connor McDavid wow. gets his first ring this season. I think that, you know, we look across all sports and we look at the great players and we, I mean, it, it's what happens in sports. The great players find ways to win championships. Last year, they ran into the buzzsaw of the Colorado avalanche. Unfortunately, couldn't get it done, but they were playing unbelievable hockey with the second best player in the world playing on one leg. Now he's healthy. Now, you know, you got Evander Kane in the mix. You might have Stuart Skinner that who hopefully he plays better than Mike Smith. You brought in this Matthias Ekholm, who I didn't watch much Beast. natural part of hockey. That guy is a difference maker. I don't care what oh, you say. Beast. He's a freak of nature. I'm riding the Edmonton Oilers. I think uh, I think they uh, they come out of the West. I think that the Western Conference is going to be a little bit easier in regard to the series in terms of you know how that hockey's playing played. I think the Eastern Conference is going to be an absolute bloodbath. It's really going to be challenging a lot of seven game series to try to come out of that Eastern Conference. So I'll ride with the Edmonton Oilers. I like the Bruins' chances in the first couple rounds. They've got a very deep team. I mean, you're going to have Taylor Hall get healthy playing that third line with Bertuzzi and and Charlie Coyle as your third line. That fourth ridiculous. Line, it's just unbelievable. And then you've got both goaltenders. In, uh, in Boston are phenomenal. So they're going to be a scary team come playoff time. I mean, they've been to three championships with that core, Marchand, Bergeron, and Krejci. We'll see what they can get done in the playoffs, but I'm really excited for it. There's nothing better. There's no other sports that change the most from regular season to playoffs. I mean, who's not excited for the NHL? Oh, NHL playoffs, 100%. Lucas, isn't it funny? We were just, I was just hyping up the Oilers before we got Greg on. <laughs> we were just talking about Oilers and, and Kings would be the matchup right now, but, but it, it's still wide open to change. And Johnny and I were actually saying that the Oilers, they could uh, sneak up there, win the division. 
And if Calgary is able to sneak in, we could have a little battle of Alberta in round one. It could happen. Or Oilers, uh, Jets, another Canadian. That'd be sick. Canadian matchup too. So huge mistake. Um, I like that pick. The NHL. Huge mistake this year by the NHL. Only two Battle of Alberta games. Massive miss. Massive yep. miss this season. Yep. That's far. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I like. I don't want to spoil my predictions for when I make my video, but I, I like where your head's at because, well, in terms of all timers, I feel like we're waiting for McDavid to finally do it. And it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when in my eyes. So even if they don't win this year, McDavid's going to get his cup at, at some point. And man, the president's trophy Bruins against the Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl Oilers, that'd be an all timer. That'd be unreal of a cup final. Um, yeah, that'd be unreal. But yeah, Greg on the way out here, man, as I said, plug your shit, man. So daily intermission on all socials, the daily intermission podcast. What else you got going on? Yeah, absolutely. You'll go check it out. Uh, we're doing some giveaways for the Masters. So if you're a golf fan, uh, we're giving away some DI merch. And then I've teamed up with Taylor May. We're going to give away a big green tour bag. Uh, all you got to do is follow uh, Taylor May Canada on the Daily Mission. But yeah, go check me out on socials. Uh, but guys, I really appreciate you having me on. Listen, keep grinding away. Uh, whenever you need an extra body to chat some hockey, let me know. I, I love uh, I love getting in the mix and and uh, showing some love. But uh, but yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. And and uh, are you guys in Toronto? Where are you guys uh, based out of? Yeah, yeah Toronto. GTA. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'll be uh, I'll be definitely in the mix there this summer, so we'll have to meet up for a pint and and, uh, and get in the mix, boys. Absolutely, Unreal. let's do it. Let's Lock do it, in, man. All, All right, Greg, boy. appreciate you, man. We'll chat soon. Absolutely, take care, guys. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Hot Take Hockey Podcast. Awesome guest for this one, uh, as we said, episode thirty-one. Tim Cherry uh, done a lot of different things, producing has been involved with Sportsnet, of course, his father Don Cherry, uh, but Tim right now helping produce. Uh, the Grapevine podcast right now on all social platforms. So you can hear from Tim and the and the Cherry family. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so we can fire off the bat just with what you guys have been doing on the podcast. So I guess right now, how's that going? Uh, I know you mentioned you do it on Sundays. It's with you, your sister, uh, your father. Who else is involved? Yeah. And just how does that go every Sunday? Oh, it's just uh, the th just the three of us, and then uh, my wife has a lunch after. So we sh we shoot it usually Sunday morning, uh, right on my kitchen table, um, and then um, you know then I kind of edit it and put it up Sunday night. It's going really well. I think we're closing in our three hundredth podcast. We've, we're close to five million downloads. Um, wow. So it's uh, it's kind of a, it's a this is a that was first venture kind of into podcasting. So it's interesting to kind of see how quickly worldwide it can go. Like you, you look at all the different countries it's in and everything like that. So uh, yeah, it's kind of a, a fun new medium to be in. That's awesome. It's kind of like a, a family check-in as well. You know, you guys just all hanging around the, the, the dinner table, like you said. Um, so that's a really cool environment that you have going there. And, you know, uh, listening to yourself and, and Don and your sister as well. Uh, I'm a, I'm an avid listener. And so I, I checked in on the latest episode and, and I know that you're high on the flames like me getting into the playoffs and squeaking in. So wanted wanted to check in on that and see how you're feeling after Calgary's big win last night over Anaheim. Yeah, they were losing too, eh? They yep. scored with a couple. Yep. You know, like I sometimes I think history repeats itself. And if you remember when Sutter was coaching LA, they snuck in. I think it was the last game of the season. They got yep. into the playoffs and then they just run amok and won the Stanley Cup. And I kind of see a lot of similarities in this team. I think that, you know, in our last podcast, we looked at, you know, they play a tough a, a, a tough system where 
they have the second most shots, average the second most shots on net, and they're averaging the second least amount of shots on net. Mm-hmm. And you know, if Markstrom gets hot in the in the playoffs and uh, they they get going, they could do a lot of damage. So, but I think a big game on tomorrow. Um, I think they have to win. They got to beat Winnipeg tomorrow. Absolutely, that's a huge yeah. game because that's the huge. team they're chasing. And yeah. I know that going into the season. I was very high on Calgary to make the playoffs. I didn't know exactly where they were going to net out. I had them higher in the Pacific, obviously, but uh, but they were going to give any team a fit in a seven gamer with with that depth that they have. So totally agree with you on that one. Um, yeah. What about on the East side? Which team are are you looking at uh, as far as the wild cards go? I know the Islanders and Pittsburgh are in there right now. You see Buffalo or Florida getting in or those I, I can see Florida getting in and yep. I think Pittsburgh stumbling I I just think Buffalo it, it's just it's too much to make up plus they have to mm-hmm. jump over another team which is awfully yeah. tough and you know again Florida is another team they win the president's cup last year they struggle they have some injuries um again if they sneak into the playoffs and uh, the goalie gets hot again they have enough firepower I mean that you know they would face the Bruins and I and I think they'd give the Bruins some some uh, some problems in the first round. You know, my dad, you know, a lot of times we, a lot of times the best part of the podcast is after we stop recording. And, <laughs> um, you know, dad was saying, you know, he likes the Bruins. He just thinks, but he just says everything's gone so well for him. They haven't had a lot of injuries. You know, they, they, they've got a lot of breaks. You, you know, they, they pulled out a lot of wins in the last minute. And sometimes that's tough for a team to go into the first round, not playing a meaningful game. And Florida has been battle hardened for the last got to be month, four weeks anyway, if not more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you bet, you know, if, if Florida and Calgary got in, I wouldn't, I, I'd lay some money on an ups on upsets. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. It's that, it's that team that gets that five, the last five, six wins leading into the playoffs that carries the momentum, kind of what you mentioned with uh, the flames and the similarities to the Kings and what they did that year. Uh, I just quickly wanted to get your thoughts on the the criticism of Daryl Sutter. Like I know you just mentioned about the Kings, like how have you felt about the criticism around Daryl Sutter and maybe like the tension that there's been reported like behind the scenes in the room with the players? Yeah, well, obviously, like, you know, I, I just kind of hear from, you know, what I read in the media. So obviously there's some tension. But again, if you're Sutter, what do you say? Say we average the second most shots on net and we, we average the second least amount of shots on net. So his system's obviously working. It's not like Edmonton where they're scoring a ton of goals, but they're like, what, 15th or 20th in goals given up. They play a tight system. And I think that's the kind of systems that work in the playoffs. Um, but you know, it's, you know, Sutter's old school and you're dealing with a lot of younger players and, you know, they've probably aren't used to his style of communication. Um, but they just have, you know, winning solves a multitude of sins and problems, right? So they, you know, if they get into the playoffs and win the first, uh, one or two games, look out. Yeah. That's what people have said over and over again. It's like Daryl Sutter. He's one of the best coaches and personalities in the league when they're winning. And then when his team's losing, then he's one of the most criticized around the league. Uh, Right. That's just kind of how things. That's all coaches though, right? Yeah. That's all coaches for sure. (laughs) Um, I also wanted to ask because I know you kind of mentioned when we were uh, exchanging messages that like for your dad, he doesn't obviously get too involved with social media at his age, but for you and Cindy, uh, do you get, like a lot of feedback or a lot of interactions on social media and like, how does that go? Um, yeah, we do like, um, you know, dad has, uh, uh, we, we put a lot, we put dad in some, in some tweets up on dad's Twitter account 
And then he'll call me and say, hey, put something, would you put this up there? So we get a lot of feedback there. And that, he trends sometimes. I said, if Ron McLean says something stupid in <laughs> Canada, dad starts to trend on Twitter, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, that's, uh, that happens. But we, you know, we get a feedback a lot, you know, there's a lot of positive, a lot of negative. Dad was a bit of a polarizing figure, but a majority of the stuff uh, that we get from the feedback from the podcast and, and from his Twitter account is usually pretty positive. You know, it's great to see that the legacy is still living on through the podcast. Um, as someone who was so excited to watch Coach's Corner every single Saturday night in my house, and and yeah. that went, you know, with my dad growing up as well. I mean, it's gone on for generations, obviously, and it was one of those things that was obviously very shocking and 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 unfortunate when it was pulled off the air. So it's it's that's why I, I look forward to the podcast because I still get that that feeling um, that I got when I was, was listening to coach's corner. So just wanted to thank you and your family for doing that. Um, and, and, and overall, like wish you guys the continued success and you guys keep going with the, the 300 podcasts. It's really unbelievable that yeah. it, it's still chugging along. Right. Yeah. 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 I know. It, 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 like somebody said, it wouldn't last a month, but uh, it, you know, it's, again, it's a lot of fun and, you know, I, I like it that it, you know, it keeps dad, um, involved uh in uh in watching what's going on he just gives them a little bit of, a, of an extra incentive to watch the games and take some notes and things like that which you know dad is he is 80 he doesn't like me talking about his age but he is 89 so uh, you know it's good that he he has um you know and and myself and my sister we you know it's great that we and and my wife and and my daughter comes over quite a bit um we, we have lunch every sunday which is uh which is special because i know a lot of families don't have that Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tim, we've talked a lot about on this channel just how things, whether it's through society or through hockey, like things have changed so much. And I was actually listening to one of your podcasts, and you kind of mentioned that. Um, I think even your dad said it was like you had this overwhelmingly like this feeling of it wasn't going to end well. Like before, <laughs> things even didn't go well. Like yeah. just Don knew your dad knew that it wasn't going to go well. So I think yeah. that's kind of just always the changing like atmosphere and changing uh, like society of course and the world that we live in now it's yeah. it is a tough it's a tough world to, to live in in terms of social media and online and yeah. the and the public criticism yeah and i think in canada if you watch if you watch the hockey coverage in canada and i'm not knocking it but i guess i am it it's not very controversial and and, and dad was controversial and dad said i don't like this player and dad would mm-hmm. say i like this player and i don't like this player and and this guy's not playing well and I don't think you get that a lot anymore. Now you do get it in the states, and you do if you watch the states, especially basketball, um, they're very critical of players, and mm-hmm. and yeah. if they don't sing, and I just I, I don't know if dad's um, you know the situation maybe made it a little bit. There's a little bit of reverberation from that that they don't want to be too critical, but also. You know, I watch a lot of. I mean, being in Toronto, I watch a lot of Leafs and Rogers and Bell own. A percentage of the leaf so you know you don't want to be knocking your own product right mm-hmm. and um so i think there's sometimes there's a little bit of conflict of interest in there and and i just wish i know that they see something and i'd said oh you know they they got to talk about this guy bailed out going in the corner and there was a goal and they don't mention it and i i kind of miss that that there's that more critique eye on on being maybe a little bit more critical on the on the players yeah, I miss that raw yeah. more talking about it. And it also is good just for education on the game, right? And for mm-hmm. young hockey players watching and, and critiquing their own game to get better. And 
and just overall it, it it highlights these things that make the game better and and i think you hit it on the head with the canadian to u.s broadcast i even see it in hockey right like with, oh, with what yeah. you're saying with sportsnet and and tsn and, and up here in canada it's much different on the criticism and even just the overall dialogue on tnt for example which yeah. well well you're getting yeah you're getting paul bissonette yeah. that personality yeah. and you're getting wayne gretzky like yeah. right. That that's yep. something we're missing big time here in Canada, Lucas. And I know what you just said, and and Tim mentioned it there is like going through. Like I feel like there's certain times, and this is not even me criticizing anyone specifically, but it's like walking on eggshells or like not wanting to cover certain topics because of like the reaction now. And that's like even um, like Ron has talked about it. Like I think anyone like we can criticize anyone for for their intentions, but it is so tough now today because you always it feels like you always have to be careful what you have to say, right? And I think right. there's just it's there's the balance. I, I always, Lucas, I always say balance. It's like, there's the yeah. balance of respect, but there's also a balance of like being able to say what you genuinely feel. And I think TNT is nailing it right now with like Bissonette mm-hmm. and personalities, like and having Wayne Gretzky on, I feel like we're missing it big time in Canada, like big time. And I know your dad, Tim was a big part of that. Uh, but yeah. just overall, I, I think we're missing it in a lot of ways. And I think I've seen the response online of an overwhelmingly like, big response online of like, you're missing that just natural. Like you're just getting what the person thinks. And just Tim, how do you feel about that, that difference between uh, that right now, what we're seeing? Yeah, I do. I I think, you know, dad, dad's a pretty passionate guy. And when he got mad on there about something, he really did get mad. Mm -hmm. And, and again, you know, it's a different, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, don't want to knock the on your talent too much, but I, I just think they're specifically, and you know, a lot of that though to me is the producers and executive producers, right? Um, you know, they they would probably tell you what to stay away. Oh, if you got too controversial, they'd probably pull you back. I just, I think that that I think that both TSN and 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 Sportsnet, again, maybe are are still a little bit feeling out what happened with that, and 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 don't want to go through that, right? And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, I, I I miss it, you know, and I I miss it. To me, the big difference in the U.S. sports in general, and I lived in the U.S. for eighteen years, and the up here is to me, it's just a complete and utter lack of attention to minor sports. Oh, in, in Toronto, you know, like um, you know, Dad and I, I've been kind of riding this hobby horse for the last little bit. You know, they they there's no mention of the CHL. Um, there's no mention of like tonight there's an OHL cup, which is the top 15 year old, uh, teams and that, um, are playing down at the Madame center, which is the old Maple Leaf gardens. Yep. And, you know, it gets no press in the paper or anything like that. And, you know, when I lived in Denver, Colorado for three years, like we get 10,000 people at our football game on Friday night and, you know, and the media would be out there covering it. And we just don't get it. We, we just seem to completely ignore minor sports i think the nhl completely ignores and tsn and sportsnet ignore um hockey's legacy i think that i think it i think they feel they need to criticize hockey and i just constantly see tsn and sportsnet criticize the game and not show how it's improved over the years mm-hmm. on it on and off the ice a little bit too oh right I would assume. Yeah. yeah 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 well, and, I wasn't and- I mean, you know, they, they talk about, you know, the, the, you know, the lack of diversity and, you know, and I've, I scouted for 17 years for the OHL and the GTA and the diversity is getting more and more. 
And it was going growing exponentially every year that I was watching it. And, you know, there's, uh, you know, they're in Saginaw, and I forget the defenseman's name, um, but he's from, uh, he's a South Asian, and he just set a record for the most goals by a 16-year-old defenseman. And oh, instead of showing that and saying, hey, look, we are getting diverse, we are having people of, of different colors and different backgrounds, not only playing, but playing at an extremely high level, <laughs> they don't even mention it. You know, yeah, and yeah. and and I find that I find that very frustrating. And the NHL does that the same too. The NHL doesn't. I, I think the NHL criticizes itself more than any other sport. Yeah, I was also going to say, Tim, with your dad, like obviously you said your dad was very polarizing to a lot of people. But I think the one thing, and I don't think if anyone's going to disagree with this, I think they they were not, but they weren't paying attention over the years. Is like your dad was always very like he would promote the youth game, as you mentioned, and the women's game. And like, he would promote that quite a bit. And I think that was skipped over and forgotten about a lot over the years that your dad constantly on the broadcast would, that was something he talked about consistently. Right. Yeah. Well, dad used to come out like we, we, I, you know, when you're scouting, especially in Toronto, because there's so many teams and there's so many good players, you have to go out two, three, well, three, four, sometimes five nights a week. And dad would come out two or three nights a week. He just loved watching the the, the minor midget games. Yeah. And, you know, we'd be out there at, you know, 10 o'clock at night in these freezing cold rinks on a Tuesday. And it would just be the moms and dads uh, and watching, you know, watching all the stars. I remember the first time we saw Connor McDavid, we were in uh, Etobicoke Ice Sports, which is one of the coldest rinks in Ontario, <laughs> I think. And he was 13 playing with 15-year-olds. I think he was, yeah, he was 13. And he got a goal and two assists, and they won 3-2 the Marlies. And we're walking out. We said, well, we better keep an eye on that kid. What was his name? McDonald, I think it was. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Look at him now. So, uh, and, and it's fun seeing that. Like Buffalo, they have um, uh, their, their goaltender. Uh, Devin Levi? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I remember watching him. And, he, and I remember watching him, and he was great at the start of the year. And then he struggled so much in the middle of the – of the season and then really, and really picked it up towards the end. So, and for me, it's fun to see, okay. I remember when he was 15 years old and he was, he was up, you know, he could look like somebody ran over his dog when he let in a few bad goals and, and to see him now in Buffalo. Um, I, you know, I really enjoy that. Yeah. I really like that point about how we don't highlight, you know, the junior leagues aren't being highlighted in Canada. I think that, um, right now for me on a personal note, I have my brother's really good friend. He plays for the Kitchener Rangers. They're in the uh, heated playoff series with Windsor yeah, and they're up to nothing as the eighth seed, which is awesome. And so I'm personally paying attention to it a lot more, but that's because I have that connection. And otherwise yeah. I don't see it in front of me. It's not placed no. in front of yeah, me. Outside it, of, that's unfortunate. Outside of Connor Bedard. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's the only yeah. conversation that's happening on a national level right now. That's it. Right. Yeah. And, and you would have like, and I understand why like Sportsnet and TSN show NCAA highlights because it's easy to show it. They just pick it up off of the, you know, off of, you know, who's ever ESPN or who's ever yeah. showing it. But it's almost unconscionable how they ignore the CHL. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have said many times, if I was an owner of a CHL team, I would be asking why are we is not as popular in Canada as the NCAA is down in the U.S.? And I, I, it, it's frustrating because, you know, it's it's great hockey. I mean, the, as you say, Kitchener's up on Windsor and, mm -hmm. you know, 
Uh, Shane Wright's playing on Windsor, so you yep. want to watch him to see how he's developing. Yep. And it's Saginaw's up to nothing. Luke Misa, like there's there's so many storylines right now. Right, and you don't even get it on the radio. You don't even get it that they even mention it. Hey, you know, and Mississauga's playing, and they don't even mention it in Toronto that the the Steelheads are playing. Who are they playing? Barry or um, uh, North Bay? They just tied the North series. Bay. Steelheads. Yeah. yeah, they stole and, a game. And you look and you go like and. I, I I don't I I don't understand that I just from from my life I don't understand how how unconscionable it is that they just completely ignore minor sports up in Canada. Yeah, and these it. are yeah. some of the players. These are some of the players that are going to be your tomorrow in the yeah. NHL, right. right? In your next right. 10, 20 years, it's right, and you're going to see them probably sooner in the in the World Juniors, right? Yep, yep. And and you know the world when the World Juniors started, it drew nothing. Mm-hmm. The first time it really got noticed was the punch up in PH Danny. And it's grown. Look what it's grown. And I think if they gave junior hockey that same, um, you know, that same uh, ability to grow by by showing it and hyping it up, that it would be uh, it, it would be um, a, a league that people would want to watch. But they just don't want to seem to give it a chance. Yeah. And I also was going to say, Tim, I think this conversation can go in so many different directions because I've talked to so many different people. It's like the Steelheads, for example, like once upon a time, Brampton lost their team, the OHL. And now you've seen things with Mississauga struggling with attendance at times. And like, that's another huge thing. You you talk about exposure. And I mean, Lucas, we go in a different direction. We've talked about how the U.S. look at their current right now Olympic potential roster or national team roster. I mean, we could maybe take U.S. over Canada when it's 1v1. Yeah. I don't think 5, 10, 15 years ago we would have even sniffed at that conversation. But, I mean, yeah. that, that probably attributes to it to a certain degree as well. Well, I think that 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 I think that the U.S. has has a very effective national development league, right? And I just don't think we can do that in Canada. Um, but, I, you know, I just think that hockey – I just think that Hockey Canada's got to get their head around straight now that they got a new regime in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I have always said, I always thought Hockey Canada was always an anchor around amateur amateur hockey's neck. Um, and uh, I hope the new people that are in there just don't start doing the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and start pressuring, say, hey, you know, if you want the World Juniors, you got to start promoting us. You got to start promoting minor hockey a little bit better. You got to give us the stuff, but but to see you know, and I work for the CHL, and I'm kind of knocking them a little bit. They got to they got to get off they got to get off their asses too, and, and start doing stuff and 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 helping out a little bit more. I I, don't, I think they could do a lot more to get out there and to get a a a, a, a more national presence. And um, um, because I, I think the big problem they have is that it's three individual leagues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you, you follow the Kitchener Rangers, but I bet you, you can't name five guys in, in Quebec. Mm-hmm. And outside right. of Bedard, name five guys in the Western League. Yep. And if you're in the States and you're a big, you know, uh, you know, Syracuse Orange, you know, a fan of basketball, but you'd be able to name other players in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I think there's such little fiefdoms that, that they don't, uh, that it doesn't cross over. So I just think there's a lot of work to get it, to get it up to a national level on both sides, the media and the CHL. 100%. I also think like, I've, I've seen the attempts at growing like the OUA game, like through universities in Canada. Obviously I yeah. think that's a tougher route because it's uh, you're talking about an age gap there. And I think 
through like, yeah, college hockey in the States. And obviously uh, I would just say there's so many levels and I mean, the U S market's just so huge. I, I would say the love yeah. for hockey for Canada, there's a difference there, but obviously just the, the capacity. Um, yeah. yeah. For you, Tim, I guess you mentioned it as a scout, like were there over the years just as a scout. And I also want to touch on, I mean, this can be an overall answer here, but uh, like, what were your favorite moments, whether it's through scouting or like producing like Rock'em Sock'em or some of the documentaries, like what were your favorite moments just throughout the years that you can look back and, and being involved in hockey? Um. Well, I, you know, they're all different kind of, they're all a little bit different. Like, I, yeah, they're I different really sections. Enjoyed, yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed scouting. I mean, I did it for a long time and then when the COVID hit it, it got all messed up and then I kind of got out of the rhythm there and it, it is a long, uh, a lot of time commitment. And, um, but I, I just enjoyed going to the ranks and a lot of time, you know, going with dad and, you know, we, a lot of times the people would leave us alone and we would sit by ourselves and watch the games. And that was always a lot of fun. And just there's little, like little moments that I remember, like Connor McDavid, I remember watching Mitch Marner, and he was playing for Don Mills and he, he looked like, you know, he looked like he was about this big. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember watching them and they needed to, they needed to tie a game to get to the playoffs. And he got such a smart goal. And I remember dad saying, he's not the best player in the draft, but he's the smartest player in the draft. Mm. And I remember talking to some scouts and they're saying, what do you think of Marner? And I go, oh, so I said, I tell you, man, he's pretty smart. And uh, they go, oh, I think he's too small. And then, of course, the hunters take him, right? Yep. And uh, they, they see through it. And um, I enjoyed that. And then, you know, the, the, doing the Rock'em Sock'ems was always a lot of fun with Dad. And, uh, again, you, um, you know, just starting out, when I started out and it was, you know, I was watching maybe three hours of highlights because they never would pull highlights when we started it. And then at the end, there was like lit was digital. It was there's literally thousands of hours of highlights. Um, so that that was always fun, and it's it was fun going out meeting dad's fans and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I we've we've had a we, you know we had a really good run, and we're we're kind of keeping it along with the podcast. And I, I treasure the podcast in the sense of you know having lunch with dad every week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Connecting back to that that Marner comment that you made, I was going to ask if in your scouting in your scouting experience that you ever came across a player that you were really sold on, and maybe the greater hockey scouts and in, in general weren't, and, and vice versa. Did you have a player that you know you were a little bit lower on, and then they they turned into you know they blossomed into something? Yeah, I think probably more recently was mm -hmm. Owen Powers. Power, mm -hmm. I keep saying mm -hmm. Powers, Power. Um, I, I, he was really big. He was tall. He was a well over six foot at the time, um, when I was watching him and his, at that age, even at that age, you have to be a very good skater. If you're mm -hmm. a half a step behind, it's noticeable. And he just hadn't kind of grown into his body yet. And um, it, it's strange that at the beginning, the kids that were really tall, really looked like newborn giraffes. And it took him a while, but nowadays, you know, a kid's over six foot, like he can skate and he's, you know, he's, a, he's like, you know, a man in a boy's body. And, uh, and I, so I knew he was going to be good, but I didn't think he was going to be that good. Um, yeah. And Marner, again, there was no way you thought Marner was going to be as dominant as he was, as they say, he was maybe one of the smarter guys that we've seen. And it was just his hockey IQ and um 
Um, and you know, the goal that he scored was he he had a semi breakaway and he took a shot and the goalie made the save and the puck went in the far corner and he just kind of got lost and then just came back at the right time and put it in. And it wasn't a fluke. He knew where the puck was going to be. And uh, so you could see that and go, wow, like he, he sees the game a lot. Uh, you know, he's two or three seconds ahead of everybody else in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Connor McDavid, um, you knew he was going to be, he was a guy that, he the thing that set him apart from every other player that I've watched is every shift he was dangerous. He never took a shift off. Mm-hmm. Every time he got the puck, you thought he was going to score. And that I, I there was no other player that I that I scouted that had that um, had that mentality. Did you ever think he could reach seventy goals? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I you, you know like I, I, we. Even back then, you kind of knew the sky was the limit for him. Yeah, you, you just—it was not only his talent; it was his mentality. It was just again, uh, he, they didn't lose too much. They they yeah. lost <laughs> in the finals uh, against uh, Robbie Fabre and the Mississauga Rebels. He played for the Toronto Marlies, and they lost in the OHL Cup. And uh, there's a picture of Dad giving him a trophy. <laughs> and McDavid again. McDavid looks like. I don't know. He's got this big frown on his face. It's <laughs> somebody ran over his dog. It's really a funny look. I said, well, that was at the OHL cup. Um, and, uh, um, but I, he, the sky was, you could tell the sky was living for him, but just his, his, his work ethic and his mentality. Oh, it, it's crazy. What we're saying, like we were talking about it before. It's like Gretzky way above his time. It's like you're sitting you'll, 20 years from now. You'll probably see guys that are like at that McDavid skill level, but he's just, he's just so above his time right now. It's uh yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't understand how we're watching a guy that's like 150 points. 80, like, it, it's it's nuts. It's yeah. crazy what we're seeing. <laughs> we, ha- we haven't seen 150 points since before we were both born, John. So yeah, it, it, it is actually insane. No, yeah. it's it is insane. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tim. I guess just overall, um, in terms of I know you're the scouting and doing the podcast. Like, what else are you doing just to be involved in hockey these days? Um. As I say, I just like I, I've kind of semi-retired a little bit. Um, you know, doing the doing the podcast is you know keep, again keeps me up to date on stuff. Um, I went out to a few minor midget games this year, and we're watching them a little bit. And uh, um, and uh, you know, I'm kind of doing some stuff with the old Grapevine shows. We 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 used to interview a lot of. Uh, we did uh, almost 15 years of of interviewing all the different uh, stars. So we're digitizing those and probably going to throw those up online in a little while. And just like little clips of, you know, talking to Bobby or rocket Richard and Gordy Howe and Bobby Hull and all that. And, you wow. know, we, look, we got a pretty good Trevor trove of, of uh, the old stars. And again, I think that hockey doesn't kind of promote its legacy like that. So we're going to start throwing, uh, not the whole show, it's just little clips up of, uh, of the, of some of these um, past greats. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm definitely looking out for that. I will, 100%. I will eat that content up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was also going to say, I know we kind of mentioned at the start, but Tim, yeah, I think that's, that's really cool. I mean, Lucas and I, I don't know if I mentioned, I, I think I did. We're cousins. Right. So, and I think like family bringing family together through sports, I think that's one of the most like special things that, that you can do. Obviously yeah. Lucas for us one day, like raising kids, getting our kids through hockey. So I, I just think that's to me, sports in general but hockey specifically uh bringing family together so i think that's really cool that you guys do come together you cindy don yeah. and uh I'll, i will mention your nephew dell as well i know i've heard him yeah. a, a couple shouts on the podcast as well so no that's yeah. that's really cool 
Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I remember like tonight's the OHL Cup. So, um, you know, uh, the two teams are playing um, uh, Vaughn and um, Vaughn and I can't remember the other team off the top of my head. And this will be it for them because they probably played for the last five or six years. This, the, you know, they they played together. Right. And the parents became good friends. And, you know, there's such a kind of a family affair, you know, going out on tournaments and stuff like that. And tonight's it. This is their last game together. And you really see how emotional it is. The parents are hugging each other, saying goodbye, because this is it. Like, you know, there's some are going off to college and some might be going to the OHL or some might be playing midget. And it's a uh, it's a difficult, uh, you know, it's difficult for the, to, to see some of the parents, how emotional they are after the game. I was going to say, yeah, it's Vaughn versus the Junior Canadians, Toronto. Junior Canadians, yeah. yeah. Junior Canadians yeah. are always up there. Yeah. And, and this is in and, and the GTHL, it's Junior Canadians, Marley's, and uh, uh, Vaughn seems to be up there quite a bit all the time. Yeah, I actually um, – I know they have a good uh, U16 guy um, on Halton. My brother used to play for the Hurricanes, so I know Halton oh, yeah. was in there this year, and they were looking pretty good, but uh, yeah. I know they're yeah. not always And a, that's such a good hockey, you know. I I just I gotta tell you, watching if you watch like the high end AAA, you know under sixteen minor midgets, it, it is. It, and then you watch an NHL game. The NHL game on TV seems slower. I mean, because you have one referee. It's nine o'clock at night. They kind of let some of the offsides go. They don't <laughs> call as many penalties, and they really get a flow going with the with the with the with the games. And, um, you know, that and I walk out and say, man, that was a good game to watch. And you wonder, like, why doesn't that translate as well on some of the games now? But, you know, playoffs coming. Yeah. You know, every game's exciting now, right? With when the yep. stuff's on the line. You know, I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, uh, to watch the playoffs and see how the Leafs do. And, you know, at Tampa's just kind of, you know, I'm a, I like to see the Leafs win, but, and I think they have a good shot, but Tampa just seems to be starting to get on a roll. And that's the last thing you want, you know, them heat, you know, Kucherov and Stamkos heating up and Vasilevsky heating up. And that's what yeah. they seem to be doing right now. Yeah. Before we head out, that's last topic to cover, like what you just said with the Leafs, but just overall, do you have a sense of what, what's going to happen here in the playoffs and a potential cup pick? You know what? I think last year, everybody thought it was Colorado's to lose, right? Nobody was going to be called. Like, it would be a major, major upset. Yeah. You know, there's so many teams that can win it this year. Like, you know, I, I think Dallas has a good shot at winning it. I think if Edmonton gets the goaltending, you know, they could, you know, they could outgun teams. I think Toronto has a good shot at winning it. Um, you look at the Rangers, you know, if they get going – and, you know, you got Patrick Kane's not doing much, but you just need him to do good in one game, you know, to, to get you through. Yeah. You know, there's so many teams that I think this year it's more wide open than anyone. I think the Leafs have a good shot if the goaltending holds out. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't count out Tampa Bay. And then, of course, you got Boston. That's what, 60 <laughs> wins. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I just think I just think it's Boston. You got to favor Boston, but. You know, I wouldn't bet the farm on it. There's there's just so many good, so many teams this year. And I think that's what the NHL wants. You know, they want to have that going into the playoffs. There's no evil empire that's going to win. They want they want parity in the league. And and uh, I think they're pretty close to it right now. Yeah, well, I was also going to say, since 2019, we've had an Atlantic Division team 
wrapped in the Stanley Cup final, right? Boston yeah. in 2019, you, you saw Montreal, you saw Tampa now three years in a row. So, yeah. hey, Tim, maybe it's Toronto's time coming up soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I just can't imagine this city, if they ever got to the finals, what it would be like. I mean, even getting past the first round at this point, this yeah. city is going to be rocking. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the thing that I asked my dad a little while ago. I said, what is the successful season for Toronto? If they mm-hmm. could just get by the first round, is that a success? And uh, I think that's his no. He says, I think they got to go to the finals for this to be a successful year for them. Mm-hmm. Wow. With how much they've invested, I, I would have to agree. But I think going down to Boston and maybe seven games and it's a back and forth series, I, I don't think you can uh, – Come on, Lucas. Yeah. No, no more vo- moral victories. <laughs> no, 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 no more. Vol- no, 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 no moral victories. It's cup or bust. Don't, don't get it yeah. tested. It's cup or bust. Yeah, I, I think if they get in the finals, that that's all you can ask. And then they'd break the Leafs, you know, the fans' heart even more if they get the finals and lose. But I, I just, <laughs> I just think that they need to, uh, you know, because I don't know what they're going to do next year. Like, what if Matthews doesn't want to sign with them? What if he's not going to sign with them? What do they do? Do they lose them? Mm-hmm. Um, and that all know, that all is affected by how, the success of this year. I yeah. think so. I yep. think if, if they get close next year or this year, I think he'll want to come back. But if they get blown out and the fans go bananas again, I, I you know I could see him saying, "I don't need this." You yeah. know, I'll go back to yeah. Phoenix and, yeah. and be playing anonymity. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, thank you, Tim. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, yeah, as we mentioned, the podcast. Uh, if you guys want to hear from Tim, Don. Uh, Cindy, the fam, uh, go check out the Grapevine podcast. Uh, I know there's a lot, still a lot of great fans of the Cherry family and and Don Cherry and everything he he did. So uh, make sure, Tim, uh, just to your whole family, send our best regards. And uh, we really appreciate you taking the time today. Okay. Thank you guys. Had a great time. And uh, if you want to, if you, uh, you have me on halfway through the playoffs. It'll be fun. That'd be awesome. Let's do it. Especially if it's a Leafs Bruins matchup, Tim, we'll have to get you on a thousand percent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> my, I, I think I'll be rooting for the Leafs, but I think my dad, he, his heart's still in Boston. So oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be a good battle in the cherry house. All right. Well, Tim, okay. Thank you so thanks, much. Guys. I'll show you the when it's up. Okay. Right. Thanks guys. Wow. What a chat with Tim Cherry. Uh, just getting to like, an inside look of the behind the scenes of the Cherry family. And uh, obviously Tim, as we talked about, uh, produces the show and uh, you guys can hear Don Cherry on, on the platforms for the Grapevine podcast. But yeah, Lucas, man, it was, it was good just to shoot the shit with Tim, man. Like what a, what a great guy to talk to. That was awesome, man. What a beauty. Like you can tell that guy lives, eats, breathes, sleeps hockey at all levels. I mean, it was, it was cool. Like him highlighting the CHL and, and getting his takes, you know, at the start of the pod and at the interview and at the end of the interview about, you know, what he thinks uh, is going to happen in the playoffs. I mean, and, and the grind for the final few spots, uh, love talking to Tim. That was, that was awesome. Yeah, no. Big really shout outs cool. to Johnny. Big shout outs to Johnny. He plugged, he got Timmy on here. <laughs> hey, huge shout outs to Lucas. I I had to shut him out last time. He got Tara on. So no, we're we've been going back and forth getting the guests. I think it's a coincidence. I mean, we're saying off air is like obviously so much has happened in hockey and in Sportsnet. And like obviously there's been so many controversies, but I mean, we've had we've had Ron on, we've had Tara on, now now we've had uh, a cherry family represent, and Tim was just yep. yeah, that was a beauty chat. I, I think there's there's probably a lot of people in like sports and hockey where like family members of like people that have been involved. So like, they probably just don't care. I mean, you can tell Tim, like, obviously he's probably like, it's probably a big influence on everything his dad's done. But I mean, just in general, as you said, you can see the genuine love for hockey, like big time. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Any, uh, any takes that we were like, what are we thinking about this? Um, 
this flames thing. Cause I actually like that comparison, but it's one of those things like there's so little room for error. Like if they make it in, I like what he said. Cause like, I think that's a possibility of the flames, especially if they face a team like the wild or like, or, or if they, you know what, like the flames saw first up, like how they could beat a team like Dallas, like yep. outside of Oninger. So it's like, what do you think of Lucas? Like if, if Calgary sneaks in, like, could they could they knock one of those teams potentially? I think if Calgary sneaks in, it's anything can happen, man, for them. I really do. Um, I think they're in tough against a team like the Oilers, yeah. who have their the mental edge on them too from last year. Um, but I think if they're playing a team that hasn't had the experience in going deep in the playoffs, like Minnesota, um, like Dallas, like with 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 the current nucleus of players they have, Dallas obviously had that one run in the bubble, uh, but like Minnesota more so, like. Vegas has obviously changed that whole that whole team since they went yeah. to the finals. So that would even be a test for Vegas to play against. Um, I really like Calgary. I just think they're they're super playoff built. You know, um, yeah. maybe they're not built for the regular season, but I think in a seven game playoff series, being that team four times is going to be going to be really tough for anybody. Yeah, and I'll say this to all the Jets fans that I like, and Jesse, I love you, bud, but uh, I will be rooting for the Flames because I want that. I want the standings look to be locked in, tied. Because like that—that's the craziness of this. Is like, uh, I guess it's yeah, Wednesday night. Um, you see a Flames win, and you're literally deadlocked at a tie in the standings, and that would be insane. Two Canadian teams, uh, right towards the end of it, and uh, I know that um, I know we talked about. It. I think Calgary still has a matchup against Nashville. And I think Winnipeg does too. I don't know. I guess we can double check that. But like, there's some matchups here that it's like, this is, I mean, tomorrow night, Buffalo versus Florida, Lucas, like Buffalo wins that. And it's just another, so to me, I, I'm, I'm basically not rooting against anyone essentially, but I'm definitely rooting for the team. That's a little bit behind in any sense. So tomorrow night rooting for Buffalo Wednesday night, rooting for Calgary. I just want to see the chaos right at the end. You're rooting for the chaos, Johnny. That's, that's the whole win right there. Getting the entertainment value up. And I I love it. Um, Winnipeg does have Nashville as well. I did do the double check. They got Calgary and Nashville, like one game after another. (laughs) So if you think about it, if Winnipeg wins both those games, they're in a great spot. Oh yeah. Lose both those games. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, Jets fans are stressing, but yeah, I think yeah, I don't know how I feel like that's like the high risk, high reward because I don't know how I feel about like the Leaf situation right now, especially when Tampa's getting like a little hot again here. Like that's why Lucas, you had me like, or like I had me just super quiet like with this whole Tampa slander thing because it's like people don't learn, people truly don't learn, and I just watched the Lightning smack the Islanders five nothing, and I'm like, you guys truly don't learn. And yeah. honestly, that's what it makes me concerned because it's like the high risk, high reward. And what Tim said is like, if you're a team that, hey, it doesn't matter where you are. Yeah, of course, if you're facing a team like Boston or Colorado round one, it doesn't matter. But it's like, if you make it, you make it. And honestly, me personally, I'm taking the wild card spot going hot with six wins into the playoffs versus the comfortable two spot and not caring about wins late in the season, to be honest. Absolutely. Absolutely, because it's all about how you come in um, and, and the momentum your team builds and how good your team feels going in. Yeah. You know, with five games to go, six games to go for a lot of these teams, um, all of them, uh, these are important games in the sense of being prepared and, and getting getting that mojo uh, yeah. driving into the playoffs. If if the Leafs are to lose their last, you know, five games and Tampa's to win three or four of those uh, and Tampa gets home ice and feels good, it's a much different conversation than if yeah. the Leafs, you know, are going in, going in hot. Uh, and that goes for all these playoff series. So 
yeah, man. Um, interesting times for sure. Interesting well, I was going to ask you, I know they were missing Marner and I know like wins and losses, as I just said, don't really matter for the least, but like, yep. are you concerned in like a game like that? Again, alpha back to back, whatever, like watching guys, like whether it's Nylander or Tavares, like some of these guys just going through the motions. Like you can tell they don't give a shit about a Sunday game against Detroit. Yeah, it seemed like one of those games where uh, Marner's absence was really, really paramount. Yeah, that energy, yeah. Like, and just what he does. I mean, it's relevant to our conversation with Tim. It's just how smart he is and and what he does uh, and how it trickles down on the rest of the team every night. He's really the engine of the Leafs. And when he's not there, you see it. Um, and, and, and just from a personal note, I mean, I lost, I lost in the fantasy semifinals last night, um, because Matt yeah. Murray, Matt Murray, um, let in the two goals on seven shots and, and that's what actually did it for me. So Jeez, a little bit, sorry, a little bro. bit bummed about that. I'm, I'm still down bad about it. Um, my team was really built this year and we're playing in the third place game. That's a personal note, but, but as far as, as far yeah. as the Leafs go, uh, with Murray getting hurt, it's, it's one of those ones I did want to talk about quickly because, you know, Murray has an injury history. But this is one of those ones that's just so unlucky and just unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I feel terrible for him. Um, but this essentially makes the decision for you at this point. If you were thinking about at all turning to Murray, it's Samsonov playing game one. Um, for thousand me, percent. Thousand it's not percent. even close at this point. I think I think even if the injury doesn't happen, I think it was going to be that way. But uh, now the decision is made. Um, it's it's Samsonov. And I feel good about that, you know, for the Leafs. I think he's he's shown all season he's been very very consistent and you know if the sky is to fall and joseph wall's got to go in i i i would feel a little bit nervous but uh i like how he's played this year as well i think he's going to be a legit backup next year if if they give him that opportunity i think he can be um so but as far as the game versus detroit yeah it was just a snoozer right like yeah 100 i was as we're just closing out the pod here i think this yep. is because i've had lee fans even talking to me about it recently is um so rest of the way here, as we're recording Monday night, uh, just certain games the Leafs play, whether it's Boston, Florida, Tampa. And this is a really good point. And I actually, I'm trying to remember who brought this up. I don't know if it was Kipper or someone brought this up on Twitter or something. It's like, especially now with Murray injured, do you really want to be giving Samson off? Or like, the? I, let me rephrase this. Do you want to be giving the other teams a f- upfront look at Samson off right before the playoffs? So specifically Tampa and obviously Boston, if you get there. But like mm-hmm. Tampa, is Joe Wool gonna get like most of these looks the rest of the way? Like for one resting Samson off. Obviously, I would say you want to get one or two games to keep him mm-hmm. fresh. But mm-hmm. like with no Murray now, this is out of the planks. Murray was definitely gonna play, I think, majority of these games left because he was cut, he was injured and he needed to get the reps. Now with him done, you need a goalie in the net. So like what's your mindset there? Because I feel like Wool's gonna get at least uh, two or three looks at least minimum. Yeah, I mean, I'm. This relates to our conversation with Tim as well, and and on their rec- his recent pod with with Don, they were talking about that um, that specific topic and and the idea that you know rest sometimes I think is a little bit overrated in the sense that I want to make sure that the guy is 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 sharp and ready yeah. for game one. So it's that balance, right? For me, with the Leafs having what five or six games left, it almost to me makes sense to do like a three three split between Samson off and wall to just make yeah. sure he's sharp. But I don't, I think specifically the Tampa game, I wouldn't play him. I would not play Samson off in that Tampa oh, game. No, no, um, definitely not. No. And, and, and what's going to be interesting is if it gets to that game and home ice is still to be decided, then there's a different conversation maybe, but I just don't want Samson off in that game. I really don't. It's, it's also going to be a back-to-back because they'll have Florida the night before. Yeah. I say you have Samson off play Florida and you have hall 
or Hall Wool Wool, play yeah yeah. yeah, play against the Lightning. (laughs) Well, man, Um, if if we see a couple, sorry, I don't mean to joke about this. Sorry, Leaf fans, but I mean if a couple more injuries, maybe Hall is getting thrown in the net. But (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah, but that's sort of my mindset. Is that uh, you know I I get the idea, like you know the thought process of of Joseph Wall playing four of these games, but it it scares me to think Samsonov would play game one and he just hasn't got the reps for you know, like he's used to. Um, so with that being said, I'm, I'm going to err on the side of fence sitting a little bit and go three, three split with the rest of the games. Yeah. I mean, let's just do a quick look at the schedule. Cause you know, you always have to have a little leaf segment on the hot tech hockey podcast. If I had it my way, yeah, I like what you just said to me, the Boston one is kind of up for debate because I, I actually don't even know like what bought, like, I think my mindset is like, if you're not going to see the full lineup of Boston, maybe that's a Samson off, but it's like, do you really want Samson off getting a rep in Boston? But Hey, if I had it my way, I would go in terms of what you just said, the split, I would go mm-hmm. wool against Columbus. Yep. Samson off against Boston. Get him, mm-hmm. get, keep him fresh. Mm-hmm. Wool against Montreal. Yeah. Samson off against Florida. And then wool the last two games. So basically I guess a two, four split. So, so my, my, Pushing back on that, and I think Kipper talked about this as well on the 590, is that if you have Samsonov play on April 10th, first Florida, he's yeah. not playing again until the 17th or 18th. That's a week off. That's far. I mean, that's just – that's a long time. Um, for me, like just thinking for a goaltender, like a week uh, off, you know? I- I'm with you. I'm with you. But how much of a disaster would it be if he plays that game in New York and gets a tweet? Gets hurt? Yeah, that would be the worst-case scenario. Um but I have almost I have almost exactly your schedule, but I have Samsonov playing the last game of the season. So it's it is that back and forth, back and forth the rest of the way. Yeah, I don't uh, mind it. I think yeah. I think you also maybe just see who Rangers are starting that game. Maybe you just maybe, yeah. maybe you just take a page out of the Rangers book considering I don't know, they just made it to the Eastern Conference final last year. If Shesterkin's starting that game, all right, Samsonov, have some fun against your fellow Russian. But if Halak's in, throw wool in. That's my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of it's going to come down to the home ice, man. I I think if it gets down to it, and the Leafs and Lightning are one point apart with the same amount of games played, it's right at the end. I th- I think both teams are going to lean in and try to get that home ice. I think that is still important. Obviously, it's not as important as it was 10, 15 years ago. But uh, having Game Seven at home is, is something to to fight for, and so I think that's going to come into the equation as well once we get to the final few games. Hundred uh, percent is yeah. I guess we'll just see the rest of the way. I mean, we can only wait and see. Uh, yeah, as you guys are watching, I don't know my plan yet in terms of, but I, I was actually thinking, Lucas, like, because I kind of told you, I think that Jets Flames game, I think I'd be stupid not to stream for it, just considering like oh, the yeah. stakes. So oh, I think yeah. I'll probably do that. Outside of that, I'll just see how the rest of the season goes. But uh, anything else that we didn't cover? I know I we said, quick, like, it was weird. Quickly, that, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, I was going to give my shot of the week. I was going to give my shot of the week. Oh, go for it. Yes. No, I was just going to say, I feel like we just talked last week about how like the storylines are going to be flying in the NHL. And I feel like if anything, they've been less in the NHL. And Back to the relevancy of the Tim conversation, I feel like the conversations around the CHL have been heavy. And I think just quickly, I, I do want to just highlight the fact that like what we're seeing, we talked about McDavid, what we're seeing from Bedard is nuts. I mean, the guy had like what, eight points, nine points in two games. And like yep. the Pats were I've already kind of similar to what you said with Kitchener, with Windsor. Obviously things might change. Maybe Windsor ends up winning the series, but it's like Regina heavy underdogs basically. And Bedard's almost carried them to, well, has carried them to two wins essentially. But uh, yeah, a lot of news in the CHL rather than the NHL, I guess slightly, but go, let's go for yeah. your shouts. I might give a shout as well. My shot of the week, buddy. It's Jonas Corposalo. I'm staying wow. Kings theme. 
of Stankin's theme. This guy is the starter, like should be the starter, hands down. I know they've they st- sort of when they brought him in, we're going back and forth with Copley. They're more committed to Corpusalo now. He is the starter. He's a legit goalie. He was just on an absolute, you know, dog water team in Columbus. Sorry to say, guys. <laughs> but uh, but Corpusalo, he's got he's five, two, and one so far since coming over. 937 save percentage. This guy, man, versus Edmonton, if it happens, versus Vegas, if it happens, like he's the guy that should be getting the reps for LA. So I'm going Corpus Solo this week. Man, I love that. Uh, yeah, I think that's always a good shout to do that every episode. As I said last time, uh, I didn't, I didn't come prepared with a, a proper shout. But if I could just throw a, a couple names that I, I've been, well, I mean, we talked about it with Tim. I mean, Devin Levi. It's yep. one of those things. Like, is it? too little too late because i think i've seen so many sabers fans on twitter it's like that guy if that guy was in like a month earlier we're probably in a different conversation right now if he continues to do what he just did and what yep. he has done um but yeah so devin levi's a shout uh i feel like there's a there's a couple shouts that i feel like i might have to make like a public apologies on as mm-hmm. usual and i mean i'm pre-playoffs i'm probably gonna have to like make an i love you mitch marner video just because <laughs> there's been there's been some there's been some hate not hate like to me i will always say i probably had like the biggest in terms of any other player i've ever had is like the biggest love hate relationship with marner because it's like i've always acknowledged how good he is but like i think that's just when you expect something big from a player it's like anything less is just like pure disappointment yeah and that's where it's like i was always the biggest mitch marner fan and if anything i had higher expectations for marner in the playoffs than any other guy in the leafs and like mm-hmm. just three years in a row, just pure disappointment. Like, and then specifically the Columbus series where this guy had only three secondary assists to show for, uh, in one single game, basically. So, um, yeah, I mean, I want Marner to completely go off, but I, I do. Yeah. Sorry. The guys I have to apologize to, I mean, Pierre Angwell, I'm sorry, buddy. I mean, you've been looking nice and with the Islanders, this guy, bro, every time I'm like looking through the Islanders highlights, I'm like, holy shit. Great play by Pierre Angfell. He's got like, I, I mean, I don't know if you can pull it up quick, man, but I think he's got like, it's, it's crazy. It's like 0.7 I gotta hear. game right now. I got to hear yeah. eight, eight points in 14 games. He's wow. got f- five goals. He's got five goals. Wow. I mean, he had 12 goals with the Leafs the whole season. So, <laughs> um, and he had 25 points Yeah. or sorry, sorry, 21 points. So. Yeah, man, he's he's looked good. Um, but I think that Pierre Engvall has shown us those flashes here and there. And yeah, who he knows? Maybe he eventually goes off, ghost yeah. mode. So that's where I'm still going to place my bets. He's going to go ghost mode eventually. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I also have to give give a proper shout because he's been heating up lately. Is Kot Kanyemi, and I saw a Hurricanes fan today like throwing a player card versus like their value with their salary and putting Kot Kanyemi next to Suzuki. And I'm like, hey, you guys got to chill with this. Amen. Uh, but I will say though, Lucas, I think a lot of people are eating their shit right now because Kot Kanyemi at like a like I don't know four and a half million dollar cap hit. The fact that he's only 22 years old and he's got like half a point per game on the season. Guy's been heating up. Uh, I think he's got like 15 goals in the season. Um, 22 years old, man. I, like, I feel like people, we, we just forget that, right? Because yep, he was yep. a third overall pick and the expectations that uh, yep, yep. the Montreal media put on him. So, I mean, I got to give it a shout to Kotkaniemi because uh, the expectations have always been too high for that guy. And now Carolina's kind of expecting him to be that 2C behind Ajo, which I still think is unfair. But the fact that he's like been heating up a bit, 15 goals, uh, we'll see if he can be a guy that I mean they need secondary scoring there in Carolina. No Svetch, no Pacioretty. Like any series that Carolina goes into, I'm gonna be pretty hesitant, especially with the goalie conversation with them. Uh they've got like three options, Kotchikov and Ranta and, and Anderson. So I don't know. I don't know where that's gonna go, but 
Keep an eye on Carolina. All the shouts from you this week, eh? All the shouts, the shouts. man. Next All next week shouts. we're gonna do one each. Or are we gonna do? Uh... Yeah, I'll be prepped. I'll be prepped. I'll get, I'll <laughs> get just, one each. I'm going. playing. I'm playing. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much, guys. Episode thirty-one of the Hot Take Hockey Podcast. Lucas, any other shouts on the way out? Anything you got going on? Uh, not that I can think of right now. Let's just uh, button down the hatches and get ready for playoff time. How about that? Lock her in, man. Lock her in. All right, guys. We'll be back next week. We got a big guest. I won't spoil it yet. I won't do that. But yeah, big guest next week, we promise. And yeah, just the podcast uh, shows keep coming out. Huge shout to Greg from the Daily Intermission for a segment. And huge shout to Tim Cherry for the chat. Honestly, great chats all the way. And honestly, just to me, this podcast, man, I think that in terms of other episodes where it's a little messy, this was super smooth. The timing on everything we had going here, super smooth. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, man. It was a good one. Good guests, good episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you check it out on Spotify and Apple, the Hot Tech Hockey Podcast, episode 31, as I said, from Lucas, myself, John. We'll see you on the next one. Have a great one. Peace. Peace.